0: In a world that's a little simpler comes the tale of Veltima fungicide. Swift, simple, and secure. It's a corn-growing story without all the drama. Unless you add totally epic music, really random sound effects, and a cool announcer guy. Get ready for the blockbuster yields of the summer with Veltima fungicide from BASF. Coming soon to a field near you. Always read and follow label directions. All righty, here we are on our way to the home twenty. It's been a um, rather long day. Started a little. Tuesday is always a little longer, a little more arduous than um, Monday, Tuesday, or Monday and Wednesday, anyway. But it's all good. It's all good. Huh. It is 948 and it is 69 degrees out here. I'm in Brandon, Florida, headed into Tampa. Brandon, for those of you who are listening to other places, is sort of a bedroom community outside the city of Tampa. And for those of you who are listening around the world, Tampa is in the state of Florida. Florida is in the southeastern portion of the United States. Tampa where I am is in the west central part of the state down the peninsula on the west side on, on, on the Gulf side kind of central almost pretty much smack dab in a, in you know what in the middle of the peninsula on the coast there on the Gulf Coast anyway the other coast is the um, is the Atlantic coast that's where you'll find Daytona that's where you'll find Cape Canaveral, and some other places, for those of you who are listening around the world, so you get some idea of where my, what my, my geographical perspective is, ah, uh, because I don't think I've ever done that, you know, I and I know that we've got listeners from places like New Zealand and, and the like, who may not know where everything is, and that's fine, I don't know much about New Zealand. And do me a favor. If you guys are listening from someplace around the world and you've been listening for a while, because some of you have, I don't know how many, but some of you have, if you could send send me an email at fightbackmedia at gmail.com, fightbackmedia at gmail.com, and just tell me where you're listening from, that would be so cool. I'd be so appreciative. Now, I appreciate you listening for sure, but I'd, like, I'd sure like to hear from you. Just... You don't have to agree or disagree with my takes. You don't have to. I mean, you can see, think, you can say that I'm a spoiled American, and and whatever. I get it. I kind of am, and I know that. But if you could do that for me, that would that would be super. That would make that would make my month. That would truly make my month. All right, let's get started. With what I've got on my mind this evening, on the way home, um, traffic's good, so I just don't think I'm going to have much time. If you follow me on Facebook, if you guys—maybe not the New Zealanders, but um, the people who follow me on Facebook—you know that I did a um, a rash of uh, like one-minute videos today on any number of of topics, from education to race to the media. And, and, and I'm trying to encourage folks to not be afraid of conversation, not be afraid of discussion, uh, not be, and, and, and not be afraid of potential conflict, because there's going to be conflict, and especially in a place like the United States there's going to be conflict now unfortunately it it is my view that a lot of the conflict is false because it's ginned up by media media has to have a good guy and a bad guy to make people watch to make people read to make people listen there needs to be a good guy and a bad guy white hat, black hat that's been our dynamic here in this nation for a long time. So if you so there's little wonder that there is a there there are two major political parties. In other places, that's not the truth. In some places there are numerous political parties that are sort of forced to govern together. In this country, we have Currently, we have the Republican Party and the Democrat Party which are not the only political parties but they are easily the two most dominant parties and when we're talking about an any le- almost any level of government that allows partisan elections one of the two parties is ascendant and the other party is quote, out of power end quote so there's always a good guy and a bad guy. A white hat and a black hat. It's always spy versus spy from Mad Magazine. Now when you have that natural or or seemingly natural division built in, it's very, very easy for I mean to get what you what what, what we see now. It's very, very easy for media. To manipulate it to continue to encourage the kind of things we see. It's easy. Republicans are bad. Democrats are great. Done. Everything Republicans say are, 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 is terrible lying, um, bigotry, misogyny, <clears throat> racism. Right? Everything Democrats say unity, love, science-based, common sense, right? Now, what is the deal is that none of it on either side has to be true. What has to happen is that it's got to be, that you got to keep saying it, and 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 you got to keep saying it, Because eventually, it'll become the dominant thought. It'll become the dominant narrative. And that's what's happened. Media, especially cable television, and a lot of the newspapers, have created this this narrative and the newspapers they're using it as a lifeline because six years ago newspapers were dying they had Barack Obama in office and as far as the as the Democrat Party was going I was thinking things were going swimmingly Barack Obama was cool Michelle Obama was was every every man's dream <clears throat> every every man wanted her and every woman wanted to be like her according to media <clears throat> so newspapers couldn't participate in much of the conflict because as far as they were concerned there wasn't any conflict they had convinced it was 6 years into the Obama administration, so they had pretty much convinced all their true believers that they were correct so people stopped, stopped getting the newspaper heck, everybody stopped getting a newspaper conservatives stopped getting it because they didn't want to read the op-ed, op-ed pieces and they didn't want to read the editorials that were printed by the left um, the left even the Democrats weren't getting the paper because there was nothing new in there Everything had been done. mission at, The mission was accomplished. There was no conflict. There was no spy versus spy. There was no good guy versus bad guy because according to the left and to the Democrats, the good guys had already won. Game was over. We were never going back to whatever that was. We weren't going back there. In their mind. newspapers and the major newspapers have gotten a resurgence because what they've done is they're able to pull from and because of it manipulate the the internet and then when you get the advent of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok that are all left-leaning. They are able to promulgate and pro, and promote a narrative, this sing this singular narrative, creating an echo chamber, squashing out any voices that are contrary to that narrative. The newspapers, New York Times, Washington Post, um, that were really on their way out have glommed on to that. Even newspapers like the Washington Post, which, you know what, I it was, it was so funny that I posted, during COVID, I posted an, a, uh, an article from the New York Post, and some of my more liberal acquaintances said that nobody nobody paid attention to the Washington Post. They found out that the Washington Post was one of the least reliable sources anywhere. Well, it's funny. The, the Washington Post is the, I mean, excuse me, the, the New York Post has the fourth largest circulation of any newspaper in America. The fourth largest circulation. Seems like a lot of people read it. For it to suck, and I guess you could use the same sort of mentality with uh, the National Enquirer and the Star and some of the other tabloids, I guess, too, right? But you know, I digress. (laughs) So what we're having here is this this division that's been a lot of it's been created. So my videos today were about we can have these discussions we can have these conversations and we can have them in a way that what we're trying to do is reach some solutions we're trying to advance our position from where we are we're not just trying to win an argument we're not the goal has to change from winning a debate to making positive change, the second one is a lot more difficult because making positive change needs to be quantifiable. You have to be able to see it. One of my videos today was about education, and in, for, and in, from, and in some uh, circles, what I you know I'm talking about is rather touchy because it really goes to what a lot of people have based a lot of their personal and professional success on. Can we say in the black community yes, I'm just going to talk about black people for a minute, you'll be okay um, that the integration of schools has produced a good thing. Was that the Was that the best route? I've talked to two people in the past two days, both black, who had completely different views on just this. It wasn't just me. Let me break it down for you was it okay that black people got convinced that their child would have a better education sitting next to a white child than if indeed their own schools in their own neighborhoods were upgraded to the same level as that child sitting in the suburbs. As that white child sitting in the suburbs. <clears throat> yes. You're smart. This argument is Parallel to the to the uh, Harriet, Tubman, Harriet Tubman argument, Boyce Watkins came out yet yesterday, day before, and he's just and, and he can't understand why Black people are excited about, that Joe Biden has said that it's going to be one of his top priorities to have Harriet Tubman on the twenty five on, on, on the twenty dollar bill. So that's something that we can be proud of. Voice want to talk about reparations. Those of you who are listening to me, you know that I, that I don't think reparations in that way is the way to go necessarily. I think that that time is past. If I was going to issue rep, rep, reparations, reparations uh, United States should, should have been issued between 1890 and 1930. That, that's my opinion. What and why then? Because those it would have helped then those people who were most egregiously affected by slavery in the United States and slavery of Africans, in particular, in the United States. I, as a black person in America, in 2020, I am not willing, I I, I am not willing to say that slavery in the, in, in the 1860s, more than 150 years ago, has had that much of a deleterious effect on me. I will not say that. I believe it's disrespectful to those who actually went through it. I believe that it was disrespectful for those who were beaten. I think it's disrespectful for those that were killed. I think it's disrespectful for, for the women that were raped. I, thought, I think it's disrespectful for the children that were murdered. I think it's disrespectful that I can sit in my air conditioned home that I uh, that I bought that belongs to me, drive my vehicle across state lines without papers. That I have all the luxuries that I have. That I would somehow say that. I have been damaged so much by the horror of slavery that the U.S. government needs to give me money. That is horrifically disrespectful. That's my view on reparations. But I know that this conversation is coming. And I know that Republicans and conservatives are not ready to have a conversation. Which is just dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Now that I've gone off on that. But and, and you know what? And I'll post a video about that probably tomorrow. Are they ready to have this discussion? I think I did I think I think I did talk about it a little bit. But this idea, I mean, so this idea of education was that it was kind of the same thing. I got an idea. We won't upgrade your schools. We won't upgrade the buildings. We won't upgrade the books. We won't won't upgrade the desks. We won't get rid of the rats. We won't we won't do anything to make your situation better. But we'll let a few of your kids come to our schools. We won't think about them any differently. We won't treat them any better, but they can sit in the same room as my kid. And in the beginning, outside of that, that's all there was. They weren't in the same clubs. They couldn't join the same clubs. They couldn't be on the same teams. They still couldn't use the same water fountains. They couldn't use the same bathroom. They couldn't use the same locker rooms. Um, all the same things. There were in some places there were a black section, a colored section of the classroom, and a white section of the classroom. Still, still. but at least they were at least the little Negro boys were going to the white school, getting a better education. Really? All the stuff they didn't learn that they needed to learn about themselves, about their communities, about the, the their ancestry, about their struggles, all the things that were important to them, they did not learn. We gave that up because it looked better. Hmm, my opinion, but again, just my opinion. All right, listen, we got to get going. I told you this. I mean, I, this was gonna. I do go fast, and I didn't because the traffic was easy getting home, and um, so we're gonna go in. And we're probably gonna do a couple of videos. Putting on my my work hat and I shouldn't do that. Um, do a couple of videos tonight posing questions. I just wanna ask questions. I wanna just I wanna be able to practice a um, musician by trade. Practice having discussions without slitting each other's throat. That's so important. So until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, y'all take care of yourself. We will see you when we see you. Bye-bye now. What forges commitment? In America's Navy, you'll think about quitting from the drills, the aches, the cold. But shipmates face every challenge as one, every push to the edge, every call to defend. Because out here, we're part of something bigger, a force that never quits. The sea forges commitment in every sailor. America's Navy, forged by the sea. Discover commitment at Navy.com. At Sandy Spring Bank, we care about people, not transactions. So we concentrate on creating personalized solutions to start or grow a business that provides for your family, to purchase a home that will house the memories you make there, to save so you can enjoy today and then pass on your legacy to future generations. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com real. Mortgage home equity and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank.